Podcast number 22. It's going to be called Adversity. <laughs> I'm here with Crystal and Nancy. Hello. Hello. And as a way of introducing ourselves to you, I thought I would ask a question of each of us. What is your favorite thing behind the scenes at Northview? Something that the people who come here on the weekends wouldn't necessarily see. Um, I think for me, it's just the funny little moments of, like within our staff room, of things that happen. We had a uh, discussion last Thursday, just at coffee break, about all the crazy youth pastor things that have happened over the years. <laughs> and all the facilities guys were rolling their eyes about all the things they had to clean up oh, because crazy youth yes. pastors did. But it's just the funny little conversations that happen mm-hmm. and the things you hear about what's gone on here before in the past. And we have a lot of very funny people on staff. We and do. there's a lot of laughing that takes place. And Dave Heiderbrick will pull out his guitar and <laughs> suddenly sing a song to something. Serenade someone. <laughs> So I think I just really enjoy the, the humor. That's cool. Yeah. My my favorite thing is leftovers. Shelly's oh, leftovers. Yeah. That is my behind the scenes. When there's, last the other week there were seasons leftovers. And boy, was I happy that I was working that day. It was a good day to be here. Lunch. There's lots of good food around yes, here. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah. My favorite thing is the open office concept. I don't know if our listeners haven't been upstairs. You've got to come and see it. A lot of people think we're crazy, but I love the fact that you can have a conversation across the room because the rule is that if you're talking with somebody beside you and the people can hear it, they can pitch in. Yeah. So, <laughs> I sit close to facility and women's ministry and the teaching team, so they pitch in with their ideas all the time. It's great fun. Jeff and Ezra pipe in from one corner and yeah. Tim Bueller from the other. and. Yeah, <laughs> everything from theology to really mundane, yeah. silly things. Yeah, so, it's great fun. Yeah, it is good. Okay, Crystal, what about something we need to update our listeners on? Something happening at church? Yeah, we have um, a couple different things in the next few weeks. Uh, first is membership classes. And I just would like to really encourage, if you're not a member at Northview, to consider taking them. Um, because we really do encourage people, if they want to be in leadership, to be involved volunteering at Northview, to be a member. It just shows they're willing to be accountable, to be plugged mm-hmm. in, part of the church. And so this is the time to do it. So there's, they're doing it differently this time. They're having four sessions during the TLC, which begins on October 15th. So you will learn a lot about the church, about all the different ministries. They want people to walk out of there feeling equipped to kind of be an info booth person, to know everything oh, about the church. Yeah, to Northview know, 101 kind Northview of idea. Yeah, so it's not just membership in terms of, you know, how to check the boxes and, yeah. and yeah. agree theologically. It's like, how can you best serve this church and how can you help this church be a light in the community. Mm-hmm. And so they're really putting a lot of effort. A lot of the pastors are going to be there over those four weeks, not just, it's usually just been Jeff and Dave at those, but now it's going to be a lot more pastoral involvement, giving people an idea of what goes on at Northview. So that yeah, as they awesome. become members, they know the church. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I'm excited about that. So October 15th, that starts. And then October 18th is our baptism. And if you've never been to a Saturday night baptism service, mark that on your calendar. I know... Mm. People often say to me, oh, what I'm missing a big church is not hearing the testimonies of people. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> October 18th, you'll hear 
however many. I think there's 17. Wow. So yeah. 17 testimonies, 17 yeah. baptisms, and it's mostly worship and testimonies. That's I don't all think it there is, is yeah. any message. There's That's often like a no. five-minute message explaining why we yeah. baptize or something like that, but the majority of it is worship and then hearing the testimonies, and then as you're singing worship songs, you see people being baptized. And yeah. It's a celebration. It is. Yeah. It's such a fun... But it's a fun night, so I'd encourage you to come October mm-hmm. 18th. And then the regular series continues on the Sunday. Yeah. So you so, can come back if you want on the Sunday and hear the message. Yep. Yeah, because there will be no regular message on no. Saturday. It'll just be a baptism service. So, yeah, so consider coming to that. Okay. So adversity. Nice, good word for this <laughs> podcast. Nancy, why did we decide to come up with this topic? I have no idea. (laughs) Well, you and I were talking about all the different mundane, boring things that we go through that are difficult in life. I think Nancy and I were talking about this one. Okay. So we thought, oh, hey, that's a great idea for our bonus podcast. Yeah. I think we have a lot of people, too, that, and I know it's my tendency as a mom, we see our kids or other people in tough situations, and we want to just jump in and help them right away. So we're going to talk about that a little bit on this. but Yeah. Um, is that the right way to cope with adversity or you know, how do we see adversity? So I think it's something practical for yeah. us to talk about. So one thing we want to do first, or I want to do first, yeah. is we want to do away with the belief that we should be happy, continuously, uh, prosperous financially and healthy all the time. Because yeah. that's kind of this myth that life is really about being happy and everything going well all the time. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes sense. When we look at the Old Testament, there's a lot of scripture that points to the fact that if you honor God and obey God and his commandments, you'll have blessings. And if you don't, if you disobey, you're going to have punishments. So I thought I would bring that to Crystal and say, why do we have that kind of thinking? And what's your answer to that? Well, I think, like you said, that is part of the scripture that we read, but we maybe don't understand the context of that scripture. And the context of that scripture is mostly around uh, Moses giving the, pe- the law to the people of Israel. And God was saying, I want you to be a nation that's set apart. I want mm-hmm. you to live in a way that's different from all mm-hmm. the nations. I want you to be a light, my kingdom of priests, all those things. And so in order for them to do that, they needed to live a certain way. Yeah. And so yeah. Moses was setting up this whole system for them to live so that they could be this amazing um, place where people would say, wow, there must be this amazing God because look at this yeah. life these people are living. And so that's what was set up. But that doesn't necessarily mean that nobody had trouble yeah. even during the midst of that time. It yeah. just was, this is how God's saying, if you obey me, I'm going to bring you all these promises and blessings. But it didn't mean that everyday life still didn't have its stresses and strains and death and all those kind of things. So mm-hmm. I think we have to look at the whole of Scripture all the way from Genesis mm-hmm. to Revelation. And we know in Genesis 3 is when sin entered the world. And as a consequence of that, there's all kinds of effects that came yeah. into place. So we had death and sorrow and hard work and yeah. relationships were broken between God and people, between husband, wife. Um, and those things have kind of been throughout scripture as mm-hmm. this is our problem. This is the world we're living in. And whenever we get the high points in scripture, it's God saying, but it won't always be this right. way. Yes. <laughs> like when we yeah. see in Isaiah, it talks about the highway of holiness and we'll go to a great place at the end of time. And Revelation talks mm-hmm. about that same idea that Someday there will be no more death, dying, sorrow. But in the midst of this world, this is what we. This, this is, is the. Is. This yeah. is the way it is. And God's going to use it for His glory and for our good somehow. And yeah. We don't necessarily know all the answers to what that is, but yeah. Yeah. So I have two scripture passages. Like Crystal said, if we would look at the whole of Scripture from the New Testament, one is from John sixteen, and um, Crystal, can you read that for us? John sixteen thirty three. Uh, this is the voice of Jesus saying, I have said these things to you, that in, may, in me you may have peace. 
in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And Nancy, 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. to But understand this, that in the last days there will be some times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Hmm. Yeah. That last one really, when I was reading that, it's like, that's really, that really gets to me. Having, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Yeah. Hmm. They even put in there, disobedient to parents. Yeah. <laughs> they have this terrible list, and right in the middle there, disobedient mm-hmm. to parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know that adversity is part of life. Mm-hmm. And for today's podcast, I broke it into three categories. We have sort of the number one category, which is the, what I call garden variety adversity. And I took that from Tim Keller in his book. He talks about how he's gone through garden variety adversity in his life. And we have lots of examples of this. We can go around the table. So a couple of them that I was thinking of are like flus and colds and broken arms and legs and traffic jams. What are some other garden variety adversity? I think just curveballs being thrown at you. I'll have my day all planned out and all of a sudden... Bang. Something will come out of the left field like, oh, shoot, I didn't account for that. Yeah. But it's you think you think you have it all set out. This is how it's going to go. And then some curveball hits Something you. Something happens, yeah. yeah. For or a long lineup, you get stuck oh, in a traffic yeah. jam or yeah. your car breaks down. Yep. Or just those unforeseen things that... Or just, just the daily grind things yeah. that just like, oh, I mean like groceries and laundry. Yeah, you and just clean the house and then it just, within a day, it's all... Yeah pieces already yeah <laughs> and she's like seriously and kids yeah, when my clean. kids aren't home my house stays so clean yeah <laughs> I know. Uh. and kids and students have constant never-ending assignments and exams yeah, and yeah. teachers Homework. have papers to mark mm-hmm. just the things that we don't necessarily want to do but have to be done in life yeah yeah no getting around it so that's garden variety second one is crisis Oh, before we go on to that, I should say, so what is one or two things that we find particularly draining in this garden variety stuff? Mm-hmm. I know that for me, on the corner of my counter, I have a big post-it note, and it's sort of those bits of things that we constantly have to do. You have to phone for this appointment, and you have to pick up this item that they need for school, and it, and it never ends. I keep replacing <laughs> the post-it note, but there's still always a list on it, and that bugs me. <laughs> You want to have it all checked off? I would love to. It's never going to (laughs) happen. But there's always something I need to be doing. Yeah. For me, it's that, it's those, those long lineups or that sitting in traffic that just, that I get so, gets under my skin a little, Uh a little too quickly, a little quicker than it should. Yeah. Yeah. Crystal? Um, I find just watching my kids struggle through things tough. So seeing them work through difficult situations. Yeah. Yeah. And because it eats away, sometimes I think it hurts me more than them. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, they're in the situation they can do something about it, but I'm just sitting there going, Yeah, I can't do anything. I'm powerless, and yet I see that you're frustrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, okay, second category is crisis adversity. We kind of know all this. This is the kind of stuff that doesn't happen as often, but it has huge impact on our life. So, things like uh, losing jobs, car accidents major damage to our home. You've had a leak in your home in the last six months, I yeah. think you have. Oh, that was you know, bad. Just a lot of, yeah. yeah. Major illness, injury, some death of someone close to us. Yeah. Any other crisis you can think of? 
A lot. Things yeah. like that. We yeah. all know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So just for our listeners, we thought we would just sort of list some of the things that we've dealt with in our own lives that have a crisis impact, not as competition, just as, so do you have an understanding that yes, we work at the church and yes, we are Christians, but that does not mean that we are immune from crisis mm-hmm. like that. Would and be so that if untrue. something similar happens to you and you want someone to talk to, yeah, yeah you maybe know some of the things we've gone through. So yeah. My sister, um, before Andy and I were married, had, um, had, a, had a brain tumor. Mm. She, um, went through all the chemo and she's still alive to God today so we praise God but that was a, a tough ordeal for us as a family to come around her and um, she was in her mid-20s so it was you yeah. know lots of whys and coming and what up ifs? and stuff and What's what ifs happen? absolutely yeah. yeah yeah my brother died suddenly when he was 26 I was 28 Ava was like one and Carter wasn't even born yet. He was three weeks away from being born. Really a tough time for, you know, to, to lose a brother and going through that. So I think that was pretty significant for me. Yeah, that would be. <clears throat> for me, um, I've had, a, I'll say one kind of ongoing one and then one one time. Um, my husband is a realtor and that has been a, mm-hmm. and a thing of adversity for me in the sense that I just never know our financial situation and that mm-hmm. is something that God is continually like, it's been 15 years that he's been in the business and it's a continual big thing yeah. that we yep. are kind of working through. And not that I'm bemoaning it, and but it's just something that is not what I would, like my ideal would be to know, you know, a little bit more ahead of time. Yeah. And so I could plan and I'm a planner. And so that's been something that... Yeah, that's yeah. that whole self-employed thing where yeah. you don't necessarily I think any self-employed have, yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. tough. To have that stability. Yep, yeah. 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 not to have so, that regular income. Yeah. yeah, and it's been good in the sense that it's made me realize a lot of things in my own way where I don't trust God and stuff. But yeah, but it's been a thing. And then to uh, like my youngest, Trevor, is now 14. He turned 14 at the end of September, and he uh, was a twin, and we lost his brother um, uh, kind of right near the end of the pregnancy and I gave birth to him stillborn and so that's something to every milestone Trevor hits mm-hmm. uh, I think of the other Alex that could have been with him and that's been that was a really an amazing time where I understood the value of the church coming around us and mm-hmm. faith in the midst of tough things and wrestling with God and his yeah. will and mm-hmm. yeah so yeah okay and then the third category I thought about was long-term adversity and some of you are dealing with these, and these are significant difficulties that are not going away anytime soon. So I meet with a lot of women who are taking care of aging parents or moms of kids with extra needs of all different kinds, chronic health issues, or coping as a single parent or as a new widow. Like mm-hmm. these are not things that are going to be solved overnight or no. within the next week. Yeah. So um, yeah, to those of you listening that have that kind of thing, we understand that that's um, a different level of adversity that adds on to the, the garden variety because we all have variety. every single person has the garden variety we can't yeah, yeah yeah but then you add the other things and it can get a bit much yeah so why we're focusing today on garden variety adversity is because we the three of us talked and said you know that's something that every single one of us face doesn't matter what age you are yeah. or what stage of life and because if we can learn to cope with the garden variety adversity then we can use those habits when the crisis and the long term comes sure. along yeah so before we talk about coping, let's talk about the value of it. Like, what is the value of dealing with difficult things? 
I know, I think all of us, I'll speak for myself, but I think people will agree, we're naturally lazy and we do things the easy way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we don't grow, we don't learn. No. We kind of try and slide along as easily as we can through life. And it takes tough stuff to make us dig our heels in and to actually do something about a situation. Sometimes we just need to hit that dead end and just say, now what? Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's just... There was one year where I did a devotional in staff room, actually, in our staff meeting about this, and I said, talking about the value, or the verse in James where it talks about that adversity persever- um, produces perseverance, yeah. um, and just went through my ministry year and said, I wouldn't have done this, 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 which are all good things, mm-hmm. if I hadn't had this trouble, this trouble, this trouble, <laughs> right? Oh. And it was all the troubles, the conflicts, the hard discussions, the people that were kind of rebelling against what I wanted to do, but all those hard things produce good things yeah Hmm. and it was a eye-opener for me to look back on that year and say well I wouldn't have all these good things if I hadn't had those tough ones yeah Yeah. so I was was talking to a new friend who was sharing with me a bit about her relationship with her mother-in-law and it's actually saying how much she values and loves her mother-in-law and was bragging about her mother-in-law and their relationship but she said to me it only it's only as good as it is because of the adversity that they have had to deal with Hmm. in their family Hmm. and Hmm. because they weren't lazy about the adversity and they took it head on that it catapulted her relationship with her mother-in-law and brought a depth to it that would have never have happened never would have been possible so i think it you know it can show the value it can draw you to people and it can draw you to God, right? Yeah. Draw you, tighten those those relationships. Yeah, as you encounter stuff together. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, I often use the verse from Second Corinthians, chapter one, where it talks about God comforting us with the comfort, with like His comfort, mm-hmm. because of the the difficulties we've gone through. So it's actually Second Corinthians one, and it starts at three to five, and I won't read it, but you can look it up on your own. And what I always remind people of is the fact that God is so amazing that he uses every piece of the difficulty we've ever faced in our life, whether it's tiny or huge, and he uses it to shape our future. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful when people come in and they meet with me, and sometimes I'll smile and I'll laugh and I'll say, yeah, I have experienced something similar, or somebody in my family has experienced, I know what you're talking about, you know, and I just laugh and I think, yeah, God, you are good that you allow us to comfort each other because of what we've gone through. Mm-hmm. So I try to pray that for a lot of people, that God will use the muck that they are going through for their future in some way. I had a really yeah. neat moment last night at Monday Night Bible City where that exact thing happened, that a woman came who I know is going through a really tough time, but there's a new Christian at her table who's talking about why do we have suffering. And so she brought her to that passage oh, in James. Yeah. This woman that was really struggling herself yeah. brought yeah. her to this passage in James and said, look what it talks about, that our, these trials produce faith, it produces perseverance. Ready to be in James 1. And I just thought, wow, like you're still in your crazy situation, and yet you're encouraging somebody else. And for this girl who was in the tough spot, it gave her all of a sudden meaning too to her own tough spot like yeah you know I can still minister out of this so yeah yeah, it was really encouraging to see yeah it's also in a very practical way really helpful to talk with other moms that are a little further along than ourselves and to say what did you do in this situation what have you done in that situation like if people haven't faced difficult situations whether it's a split class or whether it's having to make a choice for what kind of school to choose or whether it's I don't know whatever we, we would have no sources of wisdom and advice. Oh, when I, yeah. when, when I first had my, when I had my babies, all my sisters had already had kids. 
I called about everything. <laughs> they were just like, seriously, Nancy? I was like, but you've done it before, so yeah. tell me what to do. I shouldn't have to, you know, why do I yeah. have to figure this out on my own, right? You have good advice, right? You guys did a good job, so give me some tips, right? That's right. So, yeah, no, totally being able to share that with others, right? And and even if you're in adversity, right, you know, go and, go and find someone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's struggling and... And ask if you can walk alongside them or if they have any advice or absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. So coping. We want to talk about coping ourselves personally and teaching others to cope. So why don't we start with ourselves? What are some ways that we know that helps coping? Well, I think first of all, just the expectation that this is normal (laughs) is a good one because so often, I mean, I'll see somebody and they'll think that their life's all falling apart and they're the only one whose life's falling apart. And when that starts happening, you get into this pity party cycle of like, it's all just me and everybody else is on good holidays and everybody else's marriage is great and everybody else is driving. And you start thinking that you're the weird one and the oddball. And I think we need to like normalize everybody has stuff. There's nobody that's living in this perfect little bubble. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's where I'd start. Yeah. 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 I'd also say that it sucks. <laughs> Adversity just is a drag. It just, whether you have a cold or a flu or you have to run an extra errand you didn't plan for that day, like, it's just normal to say to other people, yeah, it's life. Yeah, it's going to happen. Now I feel the same way as you, and let's keep going. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and you have to. You have to just keep going, and you got to just get through it and do the things that you don't like to do and yeah. and move on, right? Yeah. And learn to celebrate little things, I think. Like yeah. the joyful like moments. Being able to change the list, right? Now you have a new yeah. list. So yeah. then you, you checked all the one off of that list. Now you have a new list on your calendar. A new Thalia. color post it note. Yes. I always change the oh, color. There, that's smart. There you go. That's your little celebration. Yeah. Look, it's orange today instead I know. of blue. It's such a crazy thing. Yeah. I often will tell people to do it even if you don't feel like it. Like, we have to step up and do the needs to be done in yeah. our jobs or our home or our church. Yeah. Like, it's just not an option to opt out and say, well, whatever, I don't feel like doing the dishes. I don't feel like going grocery shopping. I don't feel like making meals, and so I won't. I was like, uh, yeah. no. Like, we have to. <laughs> our kids have to help out, and yeah. we have to help out and do yeah. whatever needs to be done. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think that the more we talk about it, the better like the mm-hmm. more we um just feel free to share that with other people pray about the difficult situations talk about the things that are yeah bothering us allowing other people to yeah prayer is a good one them. yeah like you can't pray for anything too small like nothing is too small that god wouldn't love to hear you talk about it yeah and i have a quick story when my kids were in elementary school sandy hill elementary one day i was helping the teacher and she asked me to do a major pile of photocopying in the back corner photocopy room. There's nobody there. Well, that doesn't suit me very well because I like to talk to people and I like to talk to people about muck. But here I was going to be there for a long time with a whole stack of photocopying. So I almost started to cry. I just was all practically losing it at the photocopier. So I said, okay, Lord, um, I want this day, this time to be more about photocopying. Can you do something with this time? Can you send me some people? Can you do something, make it more purposeful? Well, sure enough couple minutes later in walks a teacher and so I asked her how she was doing and uh, not so well so she proceeded in about five minutes to tell me what was not going well and this was great I could you know do all my muck counseling, <laughs> counseling and, as a and she was encouraged and on she, on she went and then I almost felt God he didn't audibly say it to me but I felt like saying he said 
But Thalia, you didn't pray with her. Oh, okay, Lord. Well, the next person you send in, I will pray. <laughs> I will offer to pray with them. Sure enough, a few minutes later, another person comes in. How are you doing? Well, not so great. Oh, this is great. So as I continue to photocopy there, we do another little session of, you know, listening to the muck. This time, I, not the person is not a Christian. I offered to pray, and they were so willing. Wow. And it was so encouraging to me, and it made me realize that when you are stuck in a really yucky situation, ask God to make it purposeful. Ask yeah. him, you know, to send you something. And it has encouraged me so that I know that when God hears you in those boring moments, he'll hear me in the crisis. Like, he is still, it's the same God. Yeah. yeah. So there's my little story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It still encourages me, and that was a long time ago. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I know when I was at home a lot more, um, not so much now, but playing music and doing things, like especially worship music, was huge when I was f- mm. feeling really frustrated with a situation. Um, it just would change my perspective. Yeah. It would have me worshiping God rather than... It would take my eyes off what I was doing yeah. and yeah. just focus on what, yeah. who God is. And it just changed my perspective and, yeah, allowed me to cope with whatever I had to do. Yeah. So. That, that's similar to what I was going to say. Just in, I, I'm an intense person, um, just by nature. Ask Andy. <laughs> and, uh, and I get stressed out pretty easily. So some of it's just being... Um, it's preventative. You have to hmm. do... You have to kind of anticipate the things, like what your buttons are, like what sets you off, what things, what things kind of send you in a spin that you, and so for me, a lot of times the morning time sometimes gets stressed. Um, It's rushed. We got to get out the door. We got to get to school, right? It has this whole ripple effect, right? So it's taking the time for me, getting my boys up, opening their door. I don't turn on a light, but I turn on some music. I open the door. And I let them wake up slowly. I don't force them out of bed. Happen slowly, and I kind of do it as as I'm doing my thing. And then they come out of bed and they say good morning, and and it kind of just sets a nice calming tone to to the morning and to the day. And and they wake up a lot easier than me. Just I mean, they're five and seven, and I have to get them out of bed. I'm in I'm yeah. in deep trouble when yeah. they're when they're sixteen. Yeah. But uh but even but it just helps to set that right tone, yeah. right? And to prevent my intensity from, you know, the get going, get dressed, right? I love that you're being creative about that. I think that it is important to know what our buttons are, but you're mm. also thinking of different strategies. So if that yeah. doesn't work one day in a few years from now, you'll try something else. Something else, yeah. right? You have to find tips and tricks for what works for you, yeah. right? You know, and a lot of that is even listening to what other people do, right? Yeah, How do yeah. you, you know, what, what are some things that you do in your day that work really well for you? Yeah. You know, and for, so, yeah. Well, that's, I just find if I can be preventative and anticipate, you know, what my, what my things are, what my, my buttons are. Yeah. And work around them. Yeah. That's and a good one. I think especially for women, kind of your own space really does affect the mood of your family. Like if yes. you're frazzled, <laughs> if you're stressed, if you're tired, grumpy, it's going to affect everybody. And so I think we have to recognize that we are, a lot of times that hub <laughs> and yes. so we need to really be aware because however we lash out is going to come back to us and uh, so I think and in the your more work, we can yeah. in your workplace too to, people yeah. can feed off of people who are who are stressed and anxious yeah you know and and short with others it impacts mm-hmm. the mood all around you know everyone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I think we have to take responsibility for that because I think for a while I resented that that I kind of resented the fact that I had to be good for everyone else to be good, but then I realized, well, I just have to. Like, well, you somebody know, said to me, like, "We are should the, be allowed um, to be mad sometimes." But no, it just doesn't work. Somebody <laughs> called me once an atmospheric architect. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. Because we are the architect of the atmosphere. 
right? Oh, Wherever we go, good. whatever meeting we join or whatever family gathering you go to or in your home, you set the atmosphere. Mm-hmm, are you friendly? Are you approachable? Are you willing hmm. to dialogue? Like, you know, so you can take that one home. Atmospheric architect. <laughs> and my dad's an architect, so that's why I've never forgotten that bit. So we have a few more minutes left, but I want to talk about how do we teach others to cope? So we have all these ways to cope ourselves, but how do we help our kids or, I don't know, other people around us to cope? I think the first thing is to not feel like we have to jump in and solve everybody's problems. As women, yeah. I think we either go two ways. We'll either jump, try and jump in and solve, or else we'll commiserate and be all self-pitying with them <laughs> and allow them to keep going yeah. down this trail of self-pity where we need to maybe call them up short. Yeah. yeah. But realize that it's not our problem and that God may be doing something in the midst of this and letting people kind of sit in it and figure it out mm-hmm. so and it would apply that just, to our kids yeah because yeah. like you is, said watching our kids go through difficulty yeah you know Ava's new at MEI this year grade 11 so yeah. she's had to put herself out there and meet new friends which you know is going well now but has been intentional yeah but I have seen her have to work this out hmm. talk to teachers about what she didn't learn maybe at another school and talk to other kids about how to you know get together with them and get their phone numbers and meet with them at lunch and it's like yeah you have to do this yeah and I'm not going to go in with her and solve all of her problems mm-hmm. so not helping her to be an adult yeah yeah I know I've tried as much as possible to let my kids solve everything school related themselves like yeah. I haven't gone and talked to a counselor once a school yeah. counselor or I once I was called into the principal's office <laughs> <laughs> that was another story <laughs> for another podcast yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're just saying like if you have a problem with a coach Talk to the coach. If you yeah. have, a, if you're sitting on the bench and you want to know why you're not playing, go talk to them. I'm not going to come in there and start yelling at the coach. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you and the coach have to figure this out. Yeah. And I so far it's been all right. Yeah. yeah. I've done some reconnaissance on on my boys though. Tristan in school. I wasn't sure how he was doing at lunchtime. He's a he's a great kid, but sometimes he's socially it's it's a little difficult for him at times and so I'd ask some of the moms and I never just out of curiosity or whatever and then I kind of had something to to talk with him and, ah, and yeah, help good. him yeah. Yeah. and help him but not it wasn't to solve his problem for him but it was to find out how he was actually doing and, and maybe you know brainstorm some tips with him right good so idea. what are some tricks yeah. that you could maybe try or whatever yeah it doesn't mean you're totally hands yeah. off but yeah. you're not maybe yeah well when they're little or you kind yeah. of have to do a little more coaching but yeah. as they get older then you have to kind of step back right and let them you know figure that out but you're always coaching right directing or you know yeah. not taking over yeah that's good Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up here because we're almost at the half hour mark. And I know we can keep talking on this for a long time. So (laughs) if you ever want to stop us in the hallway and talk about this with us or you want to send us an email, you're more than welcome to do that. We would love the feedback. Uh, Let's pray. And um, I'll close us in prayer. And then uh, we'll say goodbye for another podcast. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Lord, that we could talk, the three of us, about this topic. And I pray that our listeners will be encouraged and they will come away knowing that we understand because we are in it too, what we are all going through. Lord, I pray that we as women would encourage each other. And maybe there's men listening to this terrible. All of us to encourage each other, pray for each other, that we would um, support each other in ways that are helpful without solving all of each other's problems. Lord, thank you that you are the one who changes hearts and lives and we can give everything to you, all of our... um, all of our venting, all of our concerns, all of our struggles. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one that listens and changes things. And so thank you for this podcast, and thank you for Crystal and Nancy. Amen. Amen. Amen.
See you later. Bye.